Hello, this is the Practice of Film podcast 2022. Uh, I'm Tom Farrell with... And I'm Fran Hughes. Today we are going to be talking about Exit Through the Gift Shop, which Tom chose for the module, and 20th Century Woman, which I chose for the module. Yeah, so my film is uh, Banksy's Exit Through the Gift Shop, a 2010 documentary about a guy called Terry Gatter, who's um, somebody who is obsessed with filming, obsessed with... Um, well, after that, street art, because he enters this underground world um, that he finds so fascinating, and he sees it's this this reason to film, and um, becomes obsessed with documenting all of it up to the very top, which brings him to Banksy, the director of the film. They become sort of friends over the course of the film, um, as Terry meets Banksy and becomes a co-conspirator, and... Uh, it's an interesting pairing because one idolizes the other, and the other one feels uh, almost like in de- like he takes Terry under his wing, and um, it's the story of how this friendship kind of buds, comes together, and then it sort of ends. Um, I think publicly they still consider themselves as friends, but in a very different sense to how it was at the beginning. Their dynamic privately, I'm sure, is very different now to how it was. Yeah. At the start. Yeah, I mean, Terry did actually see the film, um, which was interesting. He, uh, I think Sam's, like Tommy Wiseau, um, kind of observation was pretty spot on in terms of comparing them. Um, Because Terry is, he said, uh, this is the quote, uh, when he he saw it, uh, this is a cult movie, this is a (laughs) classic movie, this movie stands alone like The Godfather. I think that's, or rather Thierry's way of sort of compensating um, for how the film presents him like he wants it to be seen as a cult classic because that makes it more acceptable and like easier to deal with yeah because in a way the because of how critical the film is of Terry and we'll, we'll get back to that um You'd have thought that he would have disliked the film, or at least like objected to how he's presented. But yeah. somebody said, um, described Terry as kind of like art blind, which I thought was interesting. Um, so no wonder, right? <laughs> he's definitely um, blinded by the desire for like money and fame rather than um, having a deep message that he wants to portray in that. Yeah, I don't know. The money's almost like. Again, secondary to the just sheer passion of art, um, and it, in many ways, it's a film about how that can collide with um, artistic integrity in a way that even Banksy did not see coming when he first became an artist. I used to encourage everybody to make art, and I don't really do that anymore. He's become this kind of policeman figure in his own circle. Yeah, he's begins to like police what art is and like what he believes it should be. Yeah. I mean, I always used to encourage everyone I met to make art. I used to think everyone should do it. I don't really do that so much anymore. A bit of background on Banksy, because um, he's not a filmmaker. Uh, I think I chose kind of like the Black Sheep film, where it's uh, somebody who's not got a filmography, it's a doc, and it's very weird. <laughs> um, Banksy is a monominous, mononymous, 
and anonymous street artist, political activist, author, so on and so forth, um, from my on-off home city of Bristol. Uh, he became something of like an international icon in the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, he's probably the most famous street artist of all time. I feel like everybody in the class knew who he was. I would agree with that statement. If you don't know who Banksy is, have you been living under a rock? Like yeah. I, I feel like people from every corner of the world um, will know who he is. Yeah, and I think that's for a few reasons. Obviously part of that is just sheer luck of who ends up celebrity, who ends up icon. Um, but I think his humour um, draws people to him, his mystique, like the fact that he is anonymous. Um, the ambition of his stunts and like the, I think the fact that his visuals, his art is just deep enough to be good, to be quality art, but also simple enough for the passerby uh, to understand. You and, know? and to be like seemingly universal. Yeah, it's not, I wouldn't consider it high art, despite no. maybe some appraisals, you know? It definitely has a message and an emotional impact. But it's very accessible and simple enough for like, anyone to understand. It's like social criticism, but at a glance. It's yeah. Um, very, I think, consistent, the pieces with each other. Um, he's a very... Uh, once you get his humour, you get his art, I think. Um, I mean, speaking of which, the film is classed as a comedy, basically. Um, I think the film's hilarious, but... Definitely has comedic elements, but I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, in terms of how it situates what Reese Ethens calls Terry, but his name is Thierry. Like whether he's taken seriously or whether he's there to add to the comedy. Yeah, because the film is so mean to him, and I feel like we dedicate a lot of discussion towards just how mean-spirited the humour is and I'm glad people um, took that away from the film and that became almost a point of controversy I think uh, where Banksy as policeman of his own art field is really I don't know it, it brought out I think some oppositional readings which was interesting yeah but I don't know it, it, Banksy's a tricky one because his humour is so biting and sarcastic and as, a, as though he has an ego and hasn't at the same time that, I don't know, you can come away from Banksy thinking that he thinks he's God, sort of, the underground God. And the fact that he is never shown in the film, obviously, due to Banksy's anonymous um, status, I feel like that adds to the <laughs> God of street art. Yeah, is that an egotistical him. choice or a choice out of lack of ego, you know? It's I, I, interesting. I think at the beginning it was lack of ego, at the beginning of his career, I want the art to speak for itself. But now, I think it just boosts his ego because it creates more like hype and discussion around his work, the fact that no one knows who he is. He's somebody who is kind of cliquifying art within the film. The film, in a way, is a... If we take it as mockumentary, and I guess we'll get onto that in a sec, uh, that's what draws me to the film ultimately, the fact that many people think that it was fake, all fake. Um, that makes it a video essay, in a way, um, about 
um, the state of art and whether we should distinguish the good and the bad or the artists with integrity versus those doing it for the hype, for the money, for things that street art was never about, air quotes, from the, the Banksy sets, you know? Yeah. Banksy's kind of the perfect figure for this film, given how inscrutable he is, because that anonymity, like, there's little to judge there as a character, except his words, his art, and I, I guess his casting, because you still do hear the voice, you, you see the hoodie. Um, I don't know whether that actually is him, or if he just cast a secret Bristolian guy um, in place of him. Yeah, so all we've got to analyse are like his words and so on, and whether we believe that his art is good. And also whether we believe that his intentions are good and what his intentions are, especially with the um, LA art exhibition and the elephant in the room yeah. moment. Yeah, that, that comes back to what I was saying, where, okay, okay, I get it, thanks. <laughs> um, but still, I don't know, he, he is playing the game, um, losing integrity, or is there a line that Banksy's drawing? Like, if you make it about generating hype more than generating art, does that put you on one side of the line and he's on the other? I think he sees himself as more... Um authentic and having more integrity than some of the later um, artists in his like generation like group of street artists because um, he believes that he's like the godfather of street art which as we spoke about in class is not the case but yes he is one of the most significant of our time but he didn't create street art he was even more than I expected. I mean, he was like just incredible. He was cool. He was, he was human. He was, he was, he was, he was, he is, uh, you know, he, he's really like um, what he represents, you know, he's really like, uh, I think he's really like, uh, I really liked him. No. But I don't know. I don't know if he wants to pull the wool over the audience's eyes that much. I don't know. Because um, he does, he comes from a place of believing that art, uh, one of my favourite quotes from him is that art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. Um, he, I think, is quite a desperate figure to be on the outside, to not fit in. Because once he does, he becomes irrelevant. Right? I, I feel like that quote links to the... Um We'll get onto this, I'm sure, but whole Mr. Like brainwash thing and the fact that like society brainwashes us, so he wants art to disturb the comfortable and like kind of disrupt brainwashing in some way. Yeah, because when Terry says that art, street art, is about brainwashing, he's kind of onto something. Um, given how, if you're a street artist. Why do you have the spray can in your hand? Well, if you can't own a railroad, you can write your name on it. Um, okay, so society and capitalism and um, all these like social forces feel like they're constraining you and you, you don't have the money or the time or the skill for paintbrushes. What do you do? Um, and I think that can... Uh, the, the emotions of a lot of street artists manifest in kind of 1984 spreading, if that makes sense. So like the, the whole big brother is watching you obey 
and so on. So they, they feel like outsiders in a society and they are kind of painting the lines, highlighting for other people um, what they see, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or even just stoking the same emotions. Um, it doesn't need to be that, I don't know, clear cut necessarily. So Terry's onto something. But I think that he doesn't understand what he likes about street art in the same way that Tommy Wiseau doesn't understand what he likes about Tennessee Williams and uh, James Dean and so on. Like you said, he's on to something, but he doesn't take it far enough. Like, if he could understand the nuances of it, it would be more powerful. Yeah, I think the only reason why Banksy has a problem with him is because of the hype generation and the fact that it, it is true that he is envious of his success in the kind of way that he feels betrayed by the audience, not by Terry. Terry's not at fault, Terry is following his passion. It is the kind of LA audience uh, or international audience eventually that um, cannot distinguish between good and bad art and that just makes him feel so irrelevant. <laughs> I think that's true to an extent, but I also think that Terry um, does jump on the hype bandwagon and he doesn't really explore his art style beyond those small stickers that he puts up around LA and then he like launches into the huge art show so I think it's a, it's a mixture of the two like Terry is chasing the hype train but equally like the hype train like comes and sees his show yeah I think what ultimately draws me to the film is that sense that it was all fake and I think my video essay is going to be about the fact that the film can play double the act of betraying an audience is consistent across all of cinema. Everybody's a faker, whether it be the director or the critic even, um, to some extent. There's so many layers that you can um, explore. Yeah, and I'd love to compare this to other things. So say, I think we're going to watch Effa Fake soon in that module, and that's a similar film to this in uh, some senses, like... Both are films that the director kind of appropriated and took control of and made their own through the edit, inserting themselves literally into the project. Um, they're both um, arguably self-indulgent messes, but that also makes them so unique and watchable and fun. Because, because this film began as Terry's project, not as Banks's project. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that was something important to consider when you think about control. It makes me wish that I could access live remote control. I'll see if I can, if that's ever been published anywhere, the uh, film that Terry made that originally was Exit Through the Gift Shop. Which is very um, experimental. I think someone said in our class discussion that if there was like, it could be shown at like an art gallery. Um, yeah. It does have that energy to it. Even if you can't find it online, maybe you could just edit that section of the film into the video essay. Yeah, which, it was interesting that somebody said that, because Banksy called it shit, and yet he's the art gallery, he's somebody who has art gallery. I, I think it's shit if you are um, expecting a like, traditional documentary with a clear narrative, but I don't think it's shit in general. Yeah, it depends on the framework. Um, and the expectation. Uh, yeah, how you approach it as a critic. You can only be consistent with your own kind of metric when it comes to criticism. Uh, obviously, some people have more expertise than others, but 
if you're somebody who is into the audiovisual experimental film, that's more to your palate than something that, or it might not be, but you're more at liberty to discuss it, I suppose, rather than Banksy, who I think wanted something a lot more utilitarian, something that was going to be like a historical archive of the street art movement, because it was never going to happen again. Like a public document of that generation of street art and like what they did together. Totally, yeah. He didn't want his contemporaries to fade. Um, like he says in the film, the, uh, the internet was a great tool to them because the art could have disappeared overnight that they were making. So it was paramount to him that Terry get this film out. And then also like the paradox of um, it being filmed, but then also if it is filmed and it falls into the wrong hands, then it can um, incriminate them as illegally doing graffiti, and that, I think that that's something I found um, interesting as I was watching it. It's part of the thrill of the film, because it's almost like a reverse heist movie, but constantly. I mean, the, the shots of Banksy, um, or whoever he's employed, uh, putting up <laughs> fake pictures of the museum, it's both hilarious and tense, despite, obviously, it doesn't have the same pleasures as, like, heist cinema, it's, it's a documentary, it happened. But still, it's got this kind of flair to it that you see why Terry fell for it, that he considers Maxi Robin Hood, right? So, And Terry says, I got such a thrill from it, I just couldn't stop, like it's all I wanted to do. It yeah. really consumed his life. Yeah. Um, and I know we've already discussed how much of it is real versus the documentary, but is it is at least in some part real. I do feel sorry for um, his wife because oh yeah that are <laughs> we only know so much right and loves to feed yeah. and um, but the thrill just consumes him yeah he's it's part of the kind of hilarity of that figure he doesn't seem real I think a lot of the best documentaries are pseudo character studies on just insane people that exist in real life um, and that can make a statement about more than just that person. For Terry, it, it can be a lot of things. It can be a, a lesson in how confidence can kind of get you anywhere, um, and just diligence, dedicating yourself to one idea, one hobby, and you can meet somebody who was on, like, I think, Forbes' list, top 100 most influential people ever, Banksy. Um, or it can be, like, kind of a tragic friendship or a, you know, crap artist or so on, you know. So... Do you actually think the film is fake? Because I go back and forth. But it almost doesn't matter to my video essay. I mean, you've watched it more times than me. When we watched it earlier in the week, it was my like first viewing of the film. I wanted to conceal that question until after the film. Um, so I'd never watched it before. But I do feel that Thierry slash Terry is a real person. And I think he began the project of filming all of the street art in a like, real, authentic way. Um, I, my theory is that when Banksy had the idea to um, use the footage to make a documentary, he wanted to turn the man into like, a bit of a caricature, like an interesting, larger-than-life character. So I do think he does exist, he's a real person, but I think it was dialed up. Yeah, because it's almost not worth asking that question despite the temptation to as an audience member because all films are constructs. Um, the edit can change somebody like 
FFH or some else will freeze frame. You can notice this when we watch it to make people seem guilty or innocent and so on. Um, and I think given how much footage Banksy had to play with, if we buy that shot of however many tapes there were, thousands, just cluttering thousands the room. Hours. All the tape that I filmed, even if it was good, it was going nowhere. It was going in a box somewhere. Sometimes I don't even write anything. Sometimes I write the year. Sometimes I write nothing. Banksy really does have ultimate control of how to represent this movement because I don't think it's been represented on film as like as, as maybe high prestige as this as, as, as potential for uh, for eyes being on it if that makes sense. So yeah. it was I think nominated for best documentary feature at the Oscars. I don't think it won, but and even if we think about um, things like reality TV programs. Like reality TV stars are always saying, um, yes, I did say that, but it was taken out of context of the wider conversation that we had. Um, and I think there could be a lot of that in this film. We're just not seeing those full conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So in a sense, all documentary is uh, kind of fictionalised truth. Um, I think a lot of theorists was pro would probably back that up. Not all. Um, but definitely the uh, as, as film students we know that uh, you can kind of make anybody seem guilty, innocent, lying, not lying and so on through the edit. I mean do you think that it's even worth asking this question in the sense that it affects the film's quality or the film's experience? I think that's exactly why it's worth asking the question. It's because I think the film is an experience. It's kind of testing you. Like, do you believe this is real or is this all a setup to provoke questions about the nature of the art and the value of it? I think that the film is enriched by there being multiple interpretations in the way that a well-constructed film that's fiction would be. So you can approach the film from the perspective that it's all real and enjoy the pleasures of this insane story that was captured and the kind of voyeurism that you're afforded. And you can approach it from the perspective of, oh my God, how good are these performances if they can kind of pass off as real? That'd be an insane film. Um, and in a sense, the fact that it can make us think that, I think is a huge success of the film and I do wish that more documentaries especially ones about the subject of art did the same thing um, I think only a fraction of documentaries really can get away with doing that but I do think it's worth exploring as a subject in cinema the idea of the documentary I don't know what I'm going to call it but I think Banksy had less of the risk making the film in the sense that he knew people would watch it because I'm having an interest in him and like the wider movement of street art, whereas I feel like if someone tried to make a similar film about another, um, I guess, genre of that, it would be harder to um, get funded and made. So I feel like part of the reason why it's made is because like his status, both like as a 
huge figure in the art world, but also financially, like he's the money maker. Yeah, Banksy's somebody who I think has received some criticism for breaking off from being working class, the guy with the, uh, with the spray can just defacing something, creating his artworks on a smaller scale. But I don't know, I would be very careful to kind of stoop into the criticism of uh, you critique society and yet you're a part of society kind of arguments. Because I don't think that's fair either. Yes, he is a part of society. But he's not <laughs> committing war crimes. <laughs> which is the kind of thing that he like discusses in his art. Like, if he was a war criminal, then yes, I would think that was hypocritical. But also, I think it would be um, hypocritical if he pretended that he was still working class. Because, like, yes... That was a huge part of his life and his upbringing. But if he still... Presumably. <laughs> I mean... Based on what we know about the mysterious figure, but if he still acted like that's his current life, that would just be ridiculous, because it proves... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the... Uh, Banksy also plays somewhat into kind of auto theory, the idea of, like, the great, like, one figure who is the true artist who detects the shape of an artwork. And in all likelihood, I think that Banksy is a team of people. I think that Banksy is um, kind of a figurehead type of um, construct. He is an artwork in a sense, um, if we are to go that far, you know? Your um, theory that he's a team of people is interesting. Um, is and even if he isn't, like, he still can't do what he does on his own. So there's so many heads yeah. together. Because if we think about what um, Terry done with his artwork and, like, with using a large team to like produce it. Um, regardless of whether it's a team of the p- other artists um, fulfilling work in different parts of the world, or whether it's just a team of people um, doing like press releases for carbon banks in this like, um, he cannot do it alone. Yeah. So, it was interesting, I think, the insertion of the... It's quite damning, actually, to his character, maybe unfair, caught him in a stressful moment, when Thierry um, says, I'm running the show, not you, to his uh, kind of donated employees, almost, and then wheels away. I see points and yells at people. Yeah. While they're yelling at him to make a decision about what to hang in that massive room, and he's like, I don't know everything! Yeah, and then he waves away... Um, while he's doing interviews about like the hype and so on. I can only give you five minutes of my time. It's hilarious, but it's it's so so interesting. I don't know to what extent are these men and their artworks connected directly instead of there being like a wash, a mass of ideas. Is that even a relevant conversation when it comes to art? Like, um, if we credit Banksy for this work, um, how fair is that compared to everybody else that might have gone into it, the people moving the uh, um, kind of telephone box and so on? Um, are, are they so much a part of the art, the way they position it and so on? Um, I think that is like kind of touched on in the film, although it's one of the less explicit things um, that it tackled its undercurrent of artistic criticism or criticism of art criticism even. Yeah, there's, there's so many layers of what it's critiquing. 
Yeah, I mean, Banksy's always been somebody who's um, social criticism comes with a healthy dose of wanting to make you laugh and not wanting to challenge you too much. Um, like the film ends with a joke. Um, it's he's he's quoted saying, um, even if you can't change the world with an image, you can at least make somebody laugh while they're having a piss. And I think that sums up Banksy pretty well. Think that making his art somewhat humorous makes it more digestible. Yeah. When it becomes quite dark and political, like that, it will sort of draw more attention to it, and it won't cause people to turn away and get under the covers from the horrors of the world. Yeah, and I think I should totally look into um, artists that might have critiqued Banksy for being too shallow, safe, pedestrian, um, unchallenging, uh, happy, really, like too funny, um, rather than committing to the bleakness of what his subject matter tends to be. Yeah. I don't know, but I'd probably reject that as well, because I don't think that's, I think that can come across like a bit elitist, not everybody can engage with an art like, like that. I think there is value in making somebody laugh when they're having a piss. Um, I don't know, does that make Banksy less of an artist? Or more working class, or both, or, you know. We stoop into, I think, dangerous territory when we kind of elitify art. I don't know how to say it. I don't, I don't think it necessarily makes him more working class, although a lot of Working class art is deemed more quote unquote low art and like humorous, but I just think it makes him more him. Like he doesn't want to, at least in the beginning, succumb to like the expectation of what art is. He just wants to make art that he wants to make and bring attention to issues that he wants to discuss through his work. Yeah, kind of Banksy is playing the role of the critic in that he's screaming at the audience saying that this, not just Terry, but this kind of artist is lying to you. Uh, this kind of auction sphere is lying to you. Maybe not by their own personal standards, but uh, I as critic and you as critic must point out when like, this is good and this is phony. Yeah. And that's essentially what we've been doing for 30 minutes. But <laughs> Something I've been thinking about since we watched the documentary slash mockumentary um, is obviously this was um, filmed and released many years ago now. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about Banksy's Disneyland project and how that relates to the um, Disneyland Guantanamo. Bay incident in yeah, the, the, the stunt that he pulls. We start to see some people coming in, security and and people like this, but not dressed like security, but look like uh, you know like people who is not at Disneyland to have fun, you know. Yeah, I think that it's um, worth investigating at least. I won't say uh, like talking about necessarily yet, but um, whether it is intentional that we do see. McDonald's in the background when we're meeting Shepard Ferry. 
that we do see so much kind of corporatism and like logos and because um, at least in my head Disney does represent kind of like hyper capitalism in the art sphere and also the idea that it's the happiest place on earth when we think about like Disneyland and the um, just like pain and destruction he's exploring in those artworks yeah it situates Banksy in quite an interesting place um, as somebody who is a bit of a clown um, with uh, how he goes about his artwork, but ultimately he's somebody who um, doesn't feel like he's lying to the audience when it comes to tone and uh, doesn't feel like he's harming nearly as much as the happier per the happier artist, if we consider Disney to be like a brand that produces art. Um, he is pointing that out as phony in Disney basically the point uh, or one of the points of the project um, and that's been consistent with Banksy for God knows how long uh, since he kind of became prolific yeah connecting that to uh, brainwashing the idea of it could have been called like Mr. Liar as well you know with like a similar effect although brainwashing is a lot more active sinister and uh, completely rewriting of a person more specific yeah um, again, Terry was onto something, and I think if the documentary uh, is faked, if Banksy came up with the name for the character of Terry slash Mr. Brainwash, um, I think that's a bit of a key choice. Yeah, I mean, it, in fact, did happen in places Banksy in the like, position of superiority, like, my art calls out brainwashing. Yeah, You've I do not like yourself. to. Mr. Brainwash. I suppose that's the distinction, right? Um, that Banksy is trying to make. Um, I think somebody in the documentary goes, I don't know what the point is. I don't know what the who the joke is on. Um, and I think it's... It's a reaction to the joke, I think, being on the artist. I think it's Shepard um, Fairley that says, I don't know who the joke is on. Yeah, it's... I'm not sure that's one of them. But to my mind, the joke is on the artist, they felt the kind of sting of um, the auctioneer, the art appropriator, the, the idea that their art is worth something, but not in the sense they anticipated. The fact that, I don't know, like they are distinguishing themselves from the liars, if that makes sense. The ones that will play into that worth instead of in actual worth, let's say, like quality. At the, at the beginning of the film, they feel very separate from like the traditional art world, but ultimately they all become part of that. And like, that's something interesting to um, consider when you talk about like fakery, because I do think like that art is genuine um, and they care about it. But I think a lot of people would struggle to resist. Um, that amount of money and like fame, even if people like view them as selling out, I can see why you would fall into doing that. Yeah. To kind of end, do you remember uh, mentioning the kind of fake or fortune link? Was that you? Yeah. Um, would that be um, kind of relevant if we're talking about the um, nature of faking things and that's appearance within art in a kind of a almost meta sense. Not to say that fake or fortune is like 
consciously a meta project. The, the fake or thought shit episode might be worth looking into. Um, well, fake and thought shit in general. But the specific episode was about um, artists from hundreds of years ago that used um, teams of people to replicate their art style in a similar way to um, Terry so that they could monopolise on the popularity of the time while enjoying that popularity as they travelled around the world. But I think Fake or Fortune is an interesting programme in general because sometimes when they're investigating whether they think the specific artwork is a real piece or a fake, they meet like a prolific faker. And it's hard because, yes, the fake doesn't have the same financial, like, military value, but it's just as beautiful from, like, I guess, a personal point of view, like, if you're looking at my artwork. Um, and I also think that's something interesting to consider, um, that um, there was a street art recently that um, went up in Stratford-upon-Avon this week. I don't know whether you saw it, but it was like, I saw it online, it was at the Soldier, because it was Remembrance Day coming out, it had like a poppy next to it, um, and it was in a similar style to Banksy, but I saw that a Banksy expert said that um, they believed it wasn't Banksy, but it's like, that still connects with people, it just doesn't have the same military value. Yeah, the concept of the art expert is really strange um, because it's um, somebody you trust to, uh, and somebody who's kind of ascended to the elite in a sense, uh, in order to advise other elites. Yeah. It's just a strange uh, concept, to me at least, and um, I think part of the philosophy of uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop um, is that I don't know. I don't know if it's even conscious on Banksy's part. It's a bit more conscious in, um, say, Effort Fake. Uh, the idea that every artist, including the critic, including the expert, is kind of faking it. And um, our ability to assess things, to make artistic decisions or um, kind of appraisal decisions um, about the value of something, uh, are so biased and so rooted in what you've experienced previously, there's no objectivity. And um, I think it would be interesting to read the film in that sense. And I think that's what will make um, the comparison in your video essay interesting, is considering how um, fake we can ex- explore in different ways. And I haven't watched it as a fake yet, but it seems as if the theme of fakery is more obvious from the beginning, whereas in Exit Through the Gift Shop, it's more of a theme that reveals itself. Yeah, I think maybe Banksy also felt a little bit of an uh, imposter syndrome when it came to his inserts into the film, as well as those of his, um, I don't know whether to call them like friends, but like contemporaries, like other street yeah. artists. Uh, he feels as though he needs to make the film his own. Um, because to make his film indistinguishable from Terry's, or even close from it, is uh, to damn himself from the beginning, 
Um, yeah. He needs his film to be his, um, which is kind of noteworthy. I think that, that explains a great deal of why the film is the way that it is and why he presents himself in the way that he does. Yeah. I think we've discussed a lot of the main themes mm -hmm. um, and touched on things we've discussed in class and some things we've delved into deeper. It's been a good and productive discussion. Yeah. And I hope that it will aid you as you begin work on the DISA. Thank you. So this has been the Practice of Film Podcast 2022 on Exit Through the Gift Shop. Thanks for listening.